You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast. a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game in today's episode we have a detailed chat about what racism means to cricketers and how it has taken root in cricket in general with a recurring guest host alok prasanna kumar so we had a very detailed chat and we decided to break up the episode into two parts so in this episode you will get the part where we have a detailed chat with alok about racism and uh, we chat about all the other concurrent cricketing topics in the next episode when i start the chat with alok uh, i'm throwing him the question over so let's go over there and listen to it you are a lawyer by profession we realize and you work with ngos and you are probably in a very good position to you know uh, discuss this specific topic with us so we would like to have a chat about racism in cricket yeah so there are multiple ways in which racism shows itself but would you like to start off by you know what your thoughts are about it then we can go into it in a bit more detail yeah let's let's start with the fact that cricket you know has a very complicated relationship with the british empire um the fact that it is not some game which was peacefully spread but the fact that it was in fact it followed a violent takeover of a lot of countries and a lot of places by the british and let's also keep in mind that in our own country we've had the race problem there was uh jimkana exclusively for the use of the europeans which prompted the parsis to set up their own jimkana then the hindus and then the muslims to set up their own jimkana mm-hmm. and till the 1940s and until mahatma gandhi famously intervened we had a pentangular where the teams were drawn up on racial and religious lines so let's let's keep that in mind that it's it's not as if you know uh, racism is something that cricket has never had to grapple with and i've not even gotten to the apartheid issue there is one very interesting aspect of the apartheid issue which we have, which i have to point out uh if you recall when south africa was banned uh, from playing international cricket a lot of teams sent quote unquote rebel tours um these were teams from west indies sri lanka uh england and i think one team from australia if i'm not mistaken but the consequences of this rebel tour was different for a lot of different players the west indians got completely shunned from their societies uh, there have been some very super excellent pieces in, in cricket for other places there is an upcoming book called the unforgiven which talks about what happened to the cricketers you know everybody from colis king to uh, franklin stephenson uh, to david murray and you know the, the, i mean that west indies team which was almost like a b team i think was better than almost every other test team of its time except maybe australia and England to some extent they were good enough to play like that but their careers were destroyed almost none of them played again for uh, west indies or even first class cricket lawrence row for that matter um so they suffered that consequence but the english team which had people like boycott like gatting they had a three year ban but they went back to the regular routine as if nothing major happened and not most of them haven't shown any remorse for the fact that they went and played not one but at least two rebel tours to uh, south africa so these are some of the complex and tricky issues that cricket has thrown up when it comes to this um i but i think more specifically the issue that we are grappling with right now um is the fact that players on the field 
have been subject to racial abuse, racial taunts by other players and also by the crowd. Uh, if you, and this is this is not a very recent phenomenon. It has been happening for a long time. And I think what is distressing is that it has continued for such a long time. Uh, those of us who have watched games featuring West Indies from Indian crowds have seen this. We have seen it on TV and we have seen it even when we are sitting in the stands. There is a concerted effort to use someone's race to depict them as being less than human in some way. And I think this is what, you know, cricket hasn't, we, we have, we've had bans for certain players and, you know, all the messages are sent out and all the right noises are made. But I, I want to ask our, I mean, not ask you, but I want to ask a very wider question thrown open to everyone. Has, has like cricket really grappled with this issue of race? Has cricket really come forward and said, yes, there is a problem in our game where, you know, uh, it may be equality on the field, but it is, is it necessarily equality off the field uh, when it comes to such issues? But speaking of on the field also, you know, I, I was just mentioning uh, while, we were, while we were getting ready for the podcast, I had written this uh, piece for uh, Cricket for 2017, where I had looked at um, penalties imposed by match referees on players. And there are a few incidents which cropped up. I, I looked at every single instance of a penalty imposed under the uh, ICC code uh, by uh, match referees. And to me, there were troublingly at least three or four instances where in an altercation between a white player and a non-white player, the non-white player has been penalized much more than the white player. Now, it's not possible to say that this is a consistent pattern because the, inc- the instances are very few. There are too many. Uh, that, but there have been instances where identical acts have led to dramatically different consequences. And inevitably, uh, it, it, it's, it, but here's a tricky thing. It's not as if all the match referees who imposed this penalty were also white players, former white cricketers. There have also been Indian cricketers and there have also been uh, West Indian cricketers. So, the question comes into the picture, like, is it that there is some expectation in cricket that white players are supposed to behave like this and they will get away with it if they behave somewhat differently, but non-white players are supposed to behave in a very different way and if they don't do it, they will be penalized very heavily. Now, this issue comes up every time there is quote-unquote monkering which takes place. You know, there is, I, I honestly never understand what is everybody getting outraged about and almost inevitably the, the, the issue falls along almost racial lines. I mean, not to say that there are no exceptions. There are of course people in white majority countries like England and Australia who say, oh, monkering is not a big deal. But the overwhelming opinion right, in India for instance or in for other countries is that what in, in India and other non-white countries is what's the big deal about monkering? It's in the rules. It is how it is in the rules. But there is a right way to play the game. And that, you know, to use a quote from Chris Rock in the context of uh, baseball, seems to be the white way of playing the game. And that's a problem. That's a problem that cricket has to really ask itself. Is our code of laws, you know, like cricket's code of laws is not supposed to take your background, your race, or even even your gender into account. We have uh, the code of laws applied to women, people of all ages, whoever plays cricket is supposed to be governed by the same code of laws. But the spirit of cricket that we're talking about is the spirit of cricket saying that there is one right way of playing cricket and that's the white way of playing cricket. That's the question that we have to ask. And that's a complicated question. It's not a very simple question of saying it's racist or not racist. You have to understand that this history that cricket has, the way it you know, spread with empire, 
the way it was used by certain elites in the empire to spread ideas of colonialism and so on all of that are written into the game so when we talk about cricket let us not forget the race element of it let us not forget the complicated uh, history that cricket has had with empire and so on so that's sort of the point that i wanted to make you made quite a lot of important points i would say see it's more like i think if i were to start off from where you started apartheid so it took those quote in quote um, countries from uh, you know the western hemisphere the white countries to actually get involved and that's when south africa really faced a ban right uh, i think there were many yeah. countries who were already opposing what was happening in south africa but until the big wigs got involved it was always uh, you know um, it was always implicitly believed cricket australia and you know england cricket ran the world cricket right up until 1990 even to tell the story i i recently read about this um, and uh, it's it's one of my favorite stories to talk about in the context of apartheid um, bob hawk who later became the prime minister of uh, australia was one of the people who was very fervently anti apartheid he was a labor activist and involved with the australian labor party and he insisted that australia should stop cricketing relations with uh, south africa don bradman who was obviously one of the, the most influential voice in australian cricket said no why should we bring politics into cricket why should we bring politics into cricket and this went on for a while then bob hawk said i am coming to meet don bradman one day he goes to meet don bradman and they know this is going to be the topic of discussion before don bradman can open his mouth bob hawk says don i completely agree with you there is no place for politics in cricket but this is a country whose laws say that two a uh, right. non white man cannot play on the same field as a white man <laughs> now you tell me who has brought in politics into cricket so on bradman is like oh yeah you know you are right you know don you, you know you, you know bob i don't have an answer for that and i think you are right and just through this power of persuasion bob hawk changed don bradman's mind he just presented the issue in a completely different light and you know and and using don bradman's own language and his own terms and bradman agreed you are right this is they have brought politics into cricket when it comes to apartheid and Uh, whole generations of cricketers were lost because as you say they couldn't play cricket on the same field as white folks right and they had to have their own clubs their own grounds i think if you read the recently the article from ian chapel that's uh, doing rounds on cricket for like it's a fantastic article where he himself says where they used to you know on their free days go actually look at these other clubs and other grounds where quote in quote colored players were playing and they actually saw a slightly you know higher level of cricket sometimes there right this is one of the things and also yeah. you know the implicit uh, nature of australian cricket and england cricket having a veto in all icc decisions up until 1990 right so how he brought it up he he was never an establishment yeah. man so he was probably the right man to shine a light on these things because what you already said he was the one who was leading australian sides let's say talks when uh, the world series cricket happened and the person on the other side was a certain sir don bradman it's very well known right how how much of an establishment man or how much of the establishment so to say the don was and how much of anti establishment uh, mr ian chapel was so that's that's a, that's again a very nice story there but as you say you know if you, if you again during the times of apartheid what happened with uh, basil dolivera how you know england actually nearly pulled out of a tour because they wouldn't uh, be allowed to tour with basil dolivera and then how the establishment caved in and they chose to keep him out of that tour if you if you can go through those stories as well it's 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 terrible so it it took a lot for cricket to wake up so yeah. if you treat the coming of apartheid as the first coming or the first you know instance of cricket sort of waking up to the racism in its own 
in its own ranks probably now we are beginning the second one this is more of a this is more of a let's say one that's influenced by everything that's going on in the world right and what happened in america yeah. to a certain very unfortunate person but at the end of the day this is still a good thing for us for example uh, people like darren sami speaking out how they have faced racism not only from co players or also from within establishments how mm-hmm. women's cricketers have come out and spoken how they have been treated as second class citizens and so on and so on but you know i always wanted to ask you or somebody who works with human rights a question like this darren sami said 6 years ago it came to his notice that they used to call him a certain word that means let's say colored person in hindi and he somehow never chose to raise a voice you know it took a documentary or mockumentary by hasan minhaj where he heard it and he actually understood the context do you think it is that simple or is it something that is suddenly sort of it's a time to make use of this opportunity to shine light on something that's indeed a problem in cricket no doubt about it but is it just also a certain amount of opportunism thrown in there along so um recently i was part of a quiz where uh, somebody reminded me of i had read this long ago but uh, now that you mention it it is good to be reminded of it again uh when you know the pentangular tournament which i uh, which we just uh, discussed um the hindus the hindu team uh used to have two uh, tents set up for them uh one for all the upper caste players and one for palu palwankar who was the only dalit player in the team i remember yeah, i know the name and palu palwankar was again one of the greatest cricketers that india has produced as a spinner he was beyond compare he tra- traveled with the indian team his brothers also played for the team and over time when his brothers were part of the team you know the segregation continued so let us accept that it's not just racism that is a certain level of casteism also which had to be dealt with uh, in the early years of cricket in india and talking about it openly and balu himself palu palwankar himself became a leading uh, light in the politics of the day he brought the issue open out, uh, out into the open and that in short eventually that's discussed in uh, mr ramchandra guha's book beyond the boundaries and people should read it uh, but i think for a lot of people they didn't see it as this was the way everything has been done in this country who are you to question it? a lot of people's initial response was that uh, they just couldn't accept the idea that caste is not normal right people in, in for people this idea that uh, you have to segregate people from the same caste cannot share the same utensils and water and food was it was so ingrained into them that they never thought twice to question i think what the present uh, stage has done has asked us to question some of the things that we took for granted right it's asked us to examine what is it what is this motivation behind calling someone a name on the basis of the color of their skin is it is it entirely harmless is there some deeper understanding of it and to me i guess more than making it one of civil rights right and that's the next level you can go to a different level you could say that darren sami is one of the best paid sports persons in the world what's his problem in life but there is an element of how do you treat others with dignity and equality and we are talking about young men and women who are setting an example for millions of young men and women around the country not just in india but around the world people see what virat kohli or mithali raj does and they want to be like that i don't just mean on the cricket field they set standards for behavior that go beyond the boundary that when we talk about tendulkar and we talk about dravid we are not just separating their personas into their cricket persona and their you know outside the field persona they may be very different outside the field and they have cricket but they have to project a certain kind of persona and this is where we have to ask ourselves what is it that is being projected by these uh, by, by say 
the teammates of uh, Darren Sammy who may be referred to him by the color of his skin. Is that all they see of Darren Sammy? Is that the first thing that occurs to them when they see Darren Sammy? It may be that they have been taught to believe that this is how you should see the world. But maybe it's a good opportunity to make them question some of these things. And I think there's a great opportunity for something like the IPL and not just the IPL. All these international tournaments where you are exposed to people from different cultures, regions, backgrounds, races, languages, whatever it is, to understand the richness of human experience and diversity. Everybody talks about how the IPL is great for, you know, you learn from the best in the world, you learn from top athletes, but you also learn from different cultures. You also learn the history, the background, the diversity of the human experience around the world. And I think SRH shouldn't be defensive about this. Don't say that, no, 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 this was only meant harmlessly, this was only meant harmlessly. It's an opportunity to say, good point raised. If you feel that this was, this hurt your dignity as an individual, that this made you feel less as a, of a person than you did, maybe it's time to have that conversation. Maybe it's a time to bring together people on this team and say, why do you think you use this? Why do you think, you know, Darren feels this way? Why do you think that you felt that this was just harmless, but in fact, it feels this way? So, in a sense, this is an opportunity to bring about a kind of common understanding of how we should learn to treat each other. So, I think I, I, I think this is a great opportunity. We are throwing open a set of issues that, you know, we thought, ah, it's okay, it's just between boys or it happens in the locker room. But now that it has come out in the open, I think it's a great way to address it front up. And, you know, as, as happened with caste in cricket, you know, it'd be ridiculous now if anybody says that, who is, what is this player's caste, what is that player's caste and try to give them separate facilities. Of course not. Maybe the progress lies in opening up these questions and trying to find answers that bring us to a mutual understanding. Indeed. It's come out into the open. It's a good thing. Can we build on top of it? One thing, there is this sense of reparations. When it comes to reparations, Mm -hmm. there is always the argument from the other side. We were only going by the social norms of those days. It has been often mentioned in the bigger context for sure that you know, uh, whenever there was racism involved, it was more like it was a normal thing to happen. So it has to be unfortunately mm-hmm. treated in that context. But just saying I did not know any better is unfortunately not a response, isn't it? Or is not a good enough reason, isn't it? It's not, it's, not, it's not a good enough reason, right? Because now that you know, how do you make it better? That's the question. It's not just, oh, now you know, let's go back to doing the things we usually always do. The question always has to be that now that you know something that you didn't know, or now that you have understood something in a way you didn't understand before, how do you make it better? I think that is where the conversation has to move forward. That is where you have to, at least when I say you, I mean the context of the cricket boards and I mean in the context of players. How do you make cricket a truly inclusive game? How do you make cricket you know, a, truly, a, a game which truly reflects the diversity of human experience around the world, where everybody is treated with equality and dignity, no matter which part of the world you go to? Um, I think that is really the task before administrators, players, teams, and all of that. And it's 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 about finding ways to do that. So that is that is really what I think we should focus the discussion on. Going forward, it is also an interesting uh, thing for me to see how the authorities tackle this. Right? I'm sure you know to take away from this, you know, there is this second coming or second awakening, so to say, and people are going to be ever more aware of you know these very sensitive topics that plague our game but what are the authorities doing about it right so at what level do you start educating the cricketers do you start at the 
lowest level possible where people are shown through example that everybody is same and it doesn't matter what color skin you have it's more it's you will be basically classified based on your ability not on the color of your skin right correct i think it has to start from there that's right and 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 just sorry just to interrupt you it it, it i think the, it's it's incumbent upon the cricket boards right not just the bcci alone everywhere around the world that when you are getting young people into the system this is a great opportunity when when people when kids come in into the system at the age of 13 14 15 you have the chance to shape them and mold them and make them better citizens for not just their country but around the world and you can use and that's the one of the great things about sport if sport genuinely helps build character as we are told you know around the world in a lot of sports it's a great opportunity to build the character of these young people who come into the system to make them truly believe in the ideals of equality and dignity and diversity and that's incumbent on the boards to take this opportunity indeed just to present another face on this they do face a challenge because even if they have idealistic outlook on how they want to inculcate this sort of equality maybe the kid whoever is playing cricket and has seen equality in a certain way has to go back home and then face a different reality there because my point is unless society itself starts to think about these things seriously and the kid who's heard a lesson about you know equality at cricket clinic or in the cricket ground goes home and then sees a slightly different picture either on tv or from one of his parents or from one of his grandparents i don't know what would such a kid do what whom would such a kid have to follow that's what that is my sort of a point so yeah, no no i understand and i and i completely agree it can't be that you have to change society as this is uh, i think that's too much of a task for sport to do sport i don't think can change a society by itself it can play a very important role but it can't change society by itself but what it can offer is the set of counter arguments it can offer this counter example uh if 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 you can show that it's possible to have this equality on the field and uh, you know if if you have seen uh, uh, fire in babylon uh, or if you have seen the empire of cricket documentary series you find a lot of west indian players talking about how this equality on the field of cricket in west indies not talking about in england in west indian culture and politics and society how it had a huge impact that even though they were equal on the field they were not equal off the field and that made them think that made them activists that made them challenge the systems and the norms and you know all the various things about the society itself um and uh, i think and i, I suppose vivian richards is the most vocal and the most strongest conscious advocates of this let's not forget that you know um, even even vivian richards just talks about this uh, even when he was playing uh, county cricket in the 70s in the uk um, he couldn't find accommodation to live in a lot of cities because the uh, the owners would very clearly say no irishmen or black people allowed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right yeah. so so in a sense yes of course you know vivian richards is showing on the field how he's equal to anybody anywhere but is facing this inequality outside and at allows you to challenge that allows you to build your forte to fortitude to say if i can be equal on the field of cricket or if in cricket i am taught to treat people with equality dignity and respect diversity maybe i can do that outside cricket also so it it it, it, it is not to say that cricket is a sole influence in your life but cricket gives you an opportunity to get a counter view to build your own you know inner defenses so to speak or build your own inner abilities to be a better person than what the society expects of you. Ah that's that's also a valid argument I suppose. Indeed, you know, cricket can definitely play its part in how well society 
eventually you know opens out and embraces these issues because you know i was also talking to you about this off air right so how mohammad ali in a parkinson interview he brought up very poignant points and they were able to laugh it off as if it were comedy but every one of his points were hitting home right there because he asks well, you know why were they no uh, you know if you look at the final supper why were there no dark skin people on the table etc etc and so on uh, and what about the angels why why are they always white what about the dark skinned angels are they in the kitchen preparing uh, you know honey and whatever for mm-hmm. these other angels and so on so yeah. it's it's a longer discussion and it's indeed a very you know this is the breaking open point so i'm really hoping yeah. this is a good point where cricket can reflect on itself and then move further as to how you know there can be more inclusivity it is not in my opinion is it's not going to happen overnight even in a generation no, right? of course so maybe yeah. time to sort of reflect on it and see how best it can be taken forward so you know in a slightly smaller society i saw that at least in a society like netherlands racial equality is promoted from a very young age and there is a certain effect to it and that that was let's say my way of thinking that it can probably also brought into cricket it can also be brought into cricket right so um all right you know that those were some very good points you made alok but as a, as you are a lawyer would you like a finishing statement no i mean nothing more i think that as i have to just reiterate what i said i think cricket should take this opportunity uh cricket should take this opportunity cricket uh, when i say cricket i also i mean its administrators its players its fans its you know its, its long history and people who care, who care about cricket should really use this as an opportunity to examine some of their more deeply held beliefs some of their deeply held notions of what is right and wrong and ask themselves the tough questions and i think this is this is what uh, this situation is asking of a lot of people and i think cricket shouldn't be an exception and i am glad that darren sami has brought out the issue and it's it's an issue in indian society why do we make such a big deal of kaska skin color like just today for instance the famous uh, fair and lovely brand has said that it will drop to fair part <laughs> of its fair and lovely because it was actually promoting you know a certain kind of uh, skin based uh, discrimination uh, not discrimination but let's say but skin based preference or skin based whatever uh which 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 saw that dark skin was inferior in some way so this 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 deeply held notion in our society maybe racism is the wrong term for it but whatever it is it's colorism or skin colorism or whatever you want to call it it is something to be deeply reexamined and i think this is what this episode has asked us to think of uh, it is that darren sami bring it out into the public hope has brought us to think about and i hope that we take this opportunity to really rethink some of our notions and you know understand issues better and take it forward hope you had as much fun listening to this chat as we had recording it uh, we will uh, add the next part of our chat with alok in the upcoming episode so we hope to have your company for the next and all the other upcoming episodes of amchar cricket podcast thank you bye bye you're listening to Armchair Cricket Podcast.